Hello and welcome to The Scene. My name is Jane Ellen and The Scene is all about what's going on in Middle Tennessee. And I'm happy to say Middle Tennessee has one of the most extraordinary events every May because, well, there's a castle. And where there's a castle, there's a Renaissance festival. And Mike Freeman is the builder of the castle and lives in the castle. Welcome to the show, Mike. Well, glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, I am thrilled. It's it's kind of exciting to just drive by the highway and see a castle. I think that's what the kids I had with me were. They loved being in it, but it was just so exciting to see trees, trees. <gasps> it's a real castle. Is yeah, that the it, feeling you had when you were in high school and decided you wanted to live in a castle? Well, it actually, my dad uh, remembers a little bit earlier than that. He was in World War Two and brought back some postcards of... Uh, Castles on the Rhine, and I remember looking at him one day. I was about five years old, and he said, uh, "He said uh, he looked, uh, I said, I looked up at him. That someday I'm gonna live in a castle when I get big." Well, I live in a castle, and I got big. <laughs> I think that's wonderful. So, you didn't design the castle all alone. You had help from friends, correct? Well, I've, I've, I've done the design work myself. I had a lot of help to build it. Friends building it. Okay, that, that's where that's where the dream came in. I've been very, very fortunate to have a lot of really creative people uh, share in the dream to make this all possible. Without their help, uh, it would have never turned out as beautifully as it has. And uh, for those who haven't seen it, you need to see Castle Gwyn. Now, during this festival in May, that's the only time that there are public tours, right? Correct. The, uh, the one reason I started the Renaissance Festival, I had a friend uh, when I was doing research for 10 years doing Castle found a castle in a place called Loveland, Ohio, and a gentleman had built a castle for 50 years, never had any press on it whatsoever. He was a newspaper reporter, and uh, Charles Schwartz did a thing called On the Road, did one thing on a carried castle. The next weekend, 3,000 uninvited guests showed up. <laughs> if, you, if you could just imagine 3,000 people walking to your house one weekend, what it would look like. And in the course of the next year, 30,000 people came through. And that initial investment, initial night, the uh, first time it happened, the, uh, a lot of people took souvenirs, and... Uh, well, uh, everything that wasn't nailed down, a few things that were nailed down were taking the souvenirs and they didn't bother to pay for them. Oh, geez. So um, I pride myself on learning from other people's mistakes. So I knew if I had a castle, I needed to do something. Went to a Renaissance festival, had a great time. I thought that'd be great to open it up once a year to the public so I could live here the rest of the time. I think that's wonderful. And I thank you for that. I really appreciate that you let us in your home because, you know, I, I don't like neighbors just popping into my home, let alone strangers. But it's it was beautiful. Well, to, to, to share the fact that I started from scratch and that if anybody's willing to work the 12 and 18 hours like I used to work, uh, I still work almost that many hours now uh, during the festival, but it's just uh, um, it's a lifelong dream and to share it with people and have them know that anything's possible if you're willing to work hard enough. Now, could you describe the castle? Because for me, it's castle. I don't know if it is a particular style because I don't know that much about castles except I know one when I see one. Well, the... Uh, I started out, uh, there was a uh, little picture in a book called Castle Coke, C-O-C-H, in Wales. Uh, it, was, it was built in the 12th century, but completely in ruins by the end of the 1800s. Completely rebuilt in 1875 by uh, one of the nobles in uh, Wales, and uh, architect named William Burgess. And uh, it's like a little fairy tale castle. And Wales uses it, you know, in all their advertising now is uh, a show place. And uh, that gave me a lot. I saw that it was a little small castle and had three towers. And I thought, well, uh, um, that would be a 
I've won them all after. So they have a full set of drawings to it and tour the place and places where your tourists couldn't go. And so I started out with that design with the French influence with the, with the cone-shaped roofs and everything and uh, developed it from there and took certain uh, features from other castles uh, as I traveled around Europe, uh, different uh, different uh, elements. And uh, I like the arch windows, the cloister-style arch windows that uh, uh, Taylor Swift did her video uh, standing in those. And it was uh, they came from New right the, the love story uh, video, right? The, the video was the uh, I think uh, that was one of the uh, that when it was Taylor Who and uh, yeah, they showed up like a major movie and it was really exciting to see all that happen. Uh, now I notice you have four more towers going up. What what's going to be in them? Or you know, is that a, a man cave? What's <laughs> No, actually, that, 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 those are the, the, the four towers are uh, the Great Hall. That would be a lower hall and an upper hall, and uh, a man cave on the, on the, on the roof. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the, um, the, the the cones you saw on the ground will be going on the top of the, the four round towers on the on the new addition we're putting on the Great Hall. Now, from we when you tour the the castle, you certainly see enough to know what it's like, but you don't go everywhere. Where where you live the most, where your bedroom and private rooms are, is it in one of the towers, or in is it in the part between the towers? No, it's uh, uh, in the first tower is pretty much our living quarters, and um, the um, uh, the connecting tower, the connecting across, uh, we live in also. And um, but uh, the second tower is more for show. It has that one has the twenty foot tall brick vaulted ceiling, and mm-hmm. uh, it uh, houses my armor collection. Now tell me about that because that was amazing to see. You get to actually touch a sword, right? I do have a, 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 a Crusader sword, and uh, it was excavated on the battlefield acre of Richard the Lionheart, Third Crusade, eleven ninety one, and the the sword was willed to me by a friend, Dan Phillips, who, were, who uh, got it from the man that excavated it. And the sword's only had four owners in the last 800 years. And uh, so that makes it kind of special. And uh, I always thought it was good luck to touch the pommel, so I made it so that everybody could touch the pommel because really in no museum in the world lets you touch a real medieval sword. So, uh, But since I'm not a museum, I can have that, you know, pass that luck on to everybody else. Yeah, and that's just super, su- this sounds silly, but that's super heavy sword. That's the one thing that everybody that's ever written a book has got wrong. There's another sword in that room. I don't know if you noticed it or not. It was in the plexiglass tube. That sword weighs two pounds. That's a real medieval sword. Really? Really. Uh, the real swords, the reproductions they had today are heavy, but the original swords are one, two, and maybe three pounds at the most, one-handed sword. Now, two-handed swords are a different ball game completely, but uh, just a one-handed sword was very light, very agile. Uh, you couldn't have something so heavy you couldn't swing around. I know they got it wrong in one book, and it just perpetuated itself. So that's, that's one of those urban legends that got got it wrong. I love the sense of humor you have where the armor is, because you have Batman and Darth Vader looking well, down. One was a Jedi Knight, and one was a Dark Knight. <laughs> I love that. I, it and made my day. Yeah, I had fun with that. And uh, if, if, if only you could see the feet on the uh, uh, Darth Vader. When I was putting them together about 10 minutes before we opened the fair one year, I had a, have a, have a, have a uh, suit of armor up there. just had the legs on the, on the mannequin. And I put my bathrobe over the, over the top of the mannequin, <laughs> put the helmet on there. 
and set it up, and I was walking away. I happened to look back, and the feet were turned the wrong way. <laughs> well, it looks so, magnificent. Right. Now, about the festival itself, there is jousting, and that was extraordinary. Can you tell me anything about the gentlemen that do that and how they get their armor? I mean, where do you go to learn how to joust? Well, actually, Roy Cox uh, uh, been with me 33 years, been doing the jousting for 33 years, and uh, my roommate from college, uh, sister, uh, they met on the first day of the festival, and been together ever since, also. Um, and uh, but uh, the armor he makes himself, a lot of it, and uh, he makes armor for eleven the rest of the year, and does the jousting. It's a full armor joust. It's not choreographed in any way. They're really trying to knock each other off the horse every time they do it. Um, they had uh, they, uh, when they very first started when they first started jousting, they tried to choreograph it, and they finally figured out the horses couldn't read the cue cards. <laughs> now, is he in Tennessee? I'm sorry. Yeah, it- Tennessee. It is, it is uh, in. Uh, um, uh, near Portland, Tennessee, real close. So, is that then where all of the knights came from? The, they, uh, from that area, uh-huh. and, uh huh. And the Middle Tennessee area also. You know, they, uh, uh, they they have to practice year round to be being be shaped to do it too. Oh, that's for sure. And this that truly to me was uh, an immense effort put on by everyone, and they put on an amazing show for I think twenty people in the rain, and we appreciated it more than they'll ever know. It was extraordinary just to see that. Well, the thing about a Renaissance Festival, it's, it's, I think I've tried to make it something for everybody. It's a, basically an art, food, and craft fair with entertainment uh, set back in time. So that uh, the craft people you see at our show, rarely will you see them at another craft show anywhere around because they travel on the road all, all over the country. Uh, the food vendors come in uh, from out of state. They, uh, a, lot, a few of them do. And they, uh, one of the bakery makes everything right there on the spot, cut, pulls it out of the oven, cuts it up, and serves it. I mean, it's just can't get any fresher than that. And uh, they do it every day. And um, the uh, uh, entertainment. Uh, oh, those uh, musicians. Appeal, it's just, you know, there's something for everybody. And uh, entertainment, the seven stages, so there's no way you can see all the entertainment in one day. Uh, I was really impressed by the bands we saw. Um it was it was in the covered area. Everyone was just under the covered area, and they were in front of a fireplace. They were exceptional. I didn't know bagpipes could sound like that. Really, oh, yeah. bagpiper. He actually comes from Arizona. He was amazing. That everything yeah, we saw the was the great. Whole way. Really, <laughs> that's why he had such great legs. Of course, there were so many kilts. Of course. Of course. So, do you know how many vendors are present at this? We have over seventy uh, over seventy craft vendors uh, every year. And uh, food vendors also, and uh, uh, like I said, the seven stages. There's entertainment, uh, and uh, then of course they have the game section where it's just the strength and archery and uh, axe throwing. Um, and uh, then we had this year. I don't know if you saw it or not. The hamster wheel, where uh, the, uh, the size of a little kid can get in and run, and running, he's crushing up ice for a ice drink, and then it rolls over, and a hammer hits it, and then rolls a little bit farther. Put the, uh, put the fluid in there for a flavor they want, and they rolls over, puts a spoon in it, and serves it. And kids just have the best time running that little hamster wheel, just like a hamster. Oh, I'll bet. No, I didn't see that. I did, of course, see turkey legs. You can't have a Renaissance fair without turkey legs. Oh, no. And they're, they're, uh, from, everybody, from everybody I've ever heard from, they say they're the best anywhere. Mm-hmm. Well, this is a wonderful thing that you do, and it is every May. And this is what year you've been doing it? This is the 33rd year. 
and it is Saturdays and Sundays. Through, through Memorial Day. Every weekend in May through Memorial Day. And it's it, it's incredibly affordable. You can take your whole family. What, kids are only $10? Uh, it's in our children, uh, 6 to 12, and uh, 5 and under are free, and uh, uh, 25 for adults, and you pay $25 just to park at Disney World. So right. I mean, the parking is free. It's, parking is free. I think it's a bargain, and it really delivers. The The shop people, most of them, are not just in costume, but they're speaking to you in character. And, of course, we saw the Queen. Right. Oh, Kimberly spends, on average, about six months a year making a costume every year. That costume was extraordinary. We spent a long time talking to her, and you can tell she loves it, being Queen Elizabeth. Oh, she does. She's, uh, she's been Queen over 20 years now, and it's just... Uh, uh, she really, uh, she, uh, she's a local girl uh, from Smyrna, and just uh, uh, I made her the queen. She, you couldn't have, had, I mean, she made the first costume of a, a copy of a portrait of Queen Elizabeth, original Queen Elizabeth portrait I have. She made every detail in the costume, uh, right down to the eyes and the ears, all over the bottom of the dress. And uh, uh, Elizabeth had the original secret service, you know, and all the eyes and ears was her favorite motif to put on uh, the lining of her dresses and things. Well, it's, it is really a wonderful experience. So I just want to thank you for opening it to the public and uh, thank oh, you for such a wonderful it. time I had with my family there. It was, yeah. even in the rain, you don't melt. And, you know, it made it more realistic. Right. And uh, one, one thing that uh, I, I can't stress enough is um, the uh, MasterCard and Visa uh, don't work real well here uh, in the woods like we are. And uh, so if you think, uh, come in and be sure and bring plenty of cash so that you don't have to go to, um, we have a, a somewhat of an ATM machine, not ATM, but where we can give cash back at the ticket office, but you don't want to spend your day standing in line getting cash, so be prepared, bring cash, that way you, uh, food, drink, everything requires cash and souvenirs, so, uh, but if you can, you know, uh, that's the only recommendation I can make. Mm-hmm. And, but it's it's nothing extra for you to go and see the joust. It's nothing extra for this and that. It's just what you're buying to eat or take home, and that's what I love about it too. You've you've done you've made it a wonderful experience, Mike, and uh, all because you wanted to live in a castle. So I cannot thank you enough for sharing that with everybody. And what is the website address? It's uh, ten t n ren r e n f e s t ten ren fest abbreviation. Uh, Tennessee Renaissance Festival is the abbreviation for it, Ten Ren Fest. Okay, and you can find out all you need to know. It's very clear, and we had a really great time. So thank you for sharing your story on the scene. Jane Ellen talking with Mike Freeman. I really appreciate your time, Mike. Well, listen, I so much appreciate you uh, talking with me and sharing a dream with everybody, and I uh, hope you come see the castle. And uh, one other thing, the, uh, the line going to the castle, uh, when you come in, you get an armband from 11 to 3, you have to walk out of the front gate to on a school bus and come back and see the castle. So that part, uh, the line is like forever. The, the buses take about 150 people at a time. There's four buses running constantly. So the line really moves fast, so don't let that fool you when you come to the, come to tour the castle. Which is why I was so glad we went on a rainy day. There were six <laughs> of us on the bus. Six of us. And it was like we walked right in and it was our own place. It was wonderful. Well, the thing is... Uh, all, all the years we've been doing this, no one has ever melted on a rainy day with the rods. That's for sure. 
you you put on a great show, Mike, and thank you for your time. You've been listening to Jane Ellen talk with Mike Freeman about Castle Gwen and the Tennessee Renaissance Festival every weekend in May on the scene. Thank you so much, Mike. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me.